The reading today can be found in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 6, and it's on page 1026 in your pew Bibles. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with Good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Claire. (coughs) Well, keep that passage open. It's a fantastic passage, isn't it, to be looking at uh, today. When I was a curate, I remember going to visit somebody who had two cats, both named after different Anglican canticles. Uh, One was called the Benedictpus, um, And the other, surprise, surprise, coming here, a big cat called the Magnificat. Uh, A lovely lovely cat here. And I was thinking about those as I thought about this passage before us today, known as the Magnificat, after the first word of its Latin version. (coughs) Sorry. It tells us about... (coughs) Hopefully my voice comes back. It tells us about Mary's response to her meeting with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth declares how blessed Mary is and how special that child is that she's going to bear. And here we see Mary's declaration in returns. In our Bibles, it's often marked as Mary's song, uh, but there's no actual evidence that she sang it. And in fact, verse 46 says, she said, Mary said. Um, But it is an incredible, rich declaration of praise. It shows us what amazing knowledge of scripture Mary had. If you look at this and study it, you can find references to Psalms 22, 25, 44, 89, 103, 147. There are uh, echoes of Job 12, 2 Samuel 22, Genesis 12, Genesis 17, Micah 7. Uh, It's also very similar to Hannah's prayer in the opening verses of 1 Samuel 2. Uh, Mary knew her Bible. 
And all of that Bible knowledge was encapsulated in this outpouring of praise. And what a challenge it is, isn't it, for us to think about how good are we at memorising scripture and using it in praise like this. It's a great declaration of praise and worship, but also it's very revolutionary, very controversial in its teaching. It reminds us that the kingdom of God is so contrary to the world's values. So we're going to unpack this and look at this great song together. But as we do, just let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we just pray that you'll speak to us as we unpack this today. Challenge us with new ideas, and help us to see you more clearly. Amen. So as I looked at this, I realised how revolutionary this passage is, this declaration of Mary here. It shows how God turns our thinking inside out, upside down, and back to front. So those are three points to think of this morning. Inside out, upside down, and back to front. And it starts, it starts isn't it, with inside out. Because what we see here is all that's inside Mary coming out in praise. All of her thoughts, all of her feelings. We get an insight into her character as we think of the Christmas story and want to know Mary and Joseph more. This, this really is a big window into Mary's soul. We see the inside coming out. And look how it starts. It starts, it's very, very personal. It's almost embarrassing to, to read this if you've ever picked up someone's diary and started to read it, you know, and you sort of think, should I be reading this or not? It's very personal. And this is very personal to, to Mary. Look at all the me's and my's you've got in those first few verses. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. All generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. This is a very personal thing. All this me and my. It encourages us sometimes. I found this encouraging uh, and it helped me this week. Because sometimes we worry, don't we, about when we pray, that we have to start with adoring God and thinking who he is and, and, and start from things like that. But if Mary can do this, if Mary can start with herself and her feelings and what God has done for her personally, then I'm sure we can too. We don't have to start every prayer by focusing on God's character. Although, we'll see, that's very quickly where Mary leads on to. But it does start with this very personal outpouring, what is inside is being poured out here. My soul, my spirit, call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me. This is personal to Mary herself, and this is her natural emotional response to what God has done. If you look at just those S words in the, in the first sentence, that, that shows us uh, the what, the why, and the how of what's going on here. She talks about my soul and my spirit. That's her deep inner self that's praising God glorifies the Lord, magnifies the Lord, exalts, her spirit rejoices. She's giving herself over to exuberant, excited praise and worship. That's the what is going on here. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. And that challenges us today, isn't it, about our response. Why are we here today in church? Should we come to sing a few songs? to say a few prayers, to listen to the band, to have a cup of coffee 
with some friends, or have we come to give ourselves over completely to God, heart and soul in worship? My soul, my spirit, deep within her, glorifies the Lord. That's what's coming out of Mary here. That's what's going on. And why? Why? From the soul and the spirit, we see the Saviour. The Saviour is on the way. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. That's an important word for Mary to use there, isn't it? Mary knows that this child is going to bring about God's salvation plan. Jesus will be the saviour of the world. This is going to be a world-changing event. The world will never be the same again. And we, we think that we've BC, BC and AD. We split the whole of time by when Jesus comes. And she gives a hint of that in verse 48. Uh, when she says, from now on, all generations, from now on, this, the old time is finished. From this time on, this is new. We're into new stuff here. God, my saviour. God's plan, promised plan of salvation, it's happening. Mary knows it. And she's part of it here. She starts really to take in the significance of it all. The spirit and the soul the what the savior is the why and then she says for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant this is the how how does this work what's going on here this reminds us about how mary is aware of her status we're reminded here about the grace of god the fact that we didn't deserve salvation, none of us is good enough. But God loves us. He shows us his mercy. Mary knew that it wasn't because she was special. She was just an ordinary young Jewish girl. But God showed her his favour. And she was able to talk about God as her saviour. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She knew how far she was from God. But she also knew something of the grace and the blessing of God. God, her saviour. That great plan of salvation was beginning here. She could talk about God. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. Can we do the same? Jesus came to be our saviour. Born as a baby, yes, but also to die on the cross. So if we repent, we can ask God to help us to turn from wrongdoing, we, then we can be forgiven. We can be made clean, become a member of God's family. And that's what's going on here, isn't it? That's the inside coming out. All that's in Mary, all of her thoughts and feelings coming on. Mary's processing all of that about angels and blessings and babies and this great thing that she's caught up in. It's all coming out, turned inside out. She's reminding herself and Elizabeth, who's listening presumably, uh, about this inside-out nature and also the upside-down nature of God's kingdom. If that's inside-out, have a look at the upside-down bit that comes next because soon we move on from this me and the my focus at the beginning to lead on to a declaration of the character of God himself. We see a reference to God's faithfulness to his people, and how he turns the world upside down. 
wonder if sometimes we realise how revolutionary the gospel message really is. Often we get too familiar with it, don't we? Uh, last week, uh, I was working on a, on a service, an online service for St. Maya, uh, 16 pages, lessons of nine, nine lessons and carols, 16 pages of liturgy, carols, and scripture. And I was busy at hours of editing it, getting it in the right format, making sure all the Bible verses have got their numbers as a, uh, a superscript uh, and make it all look nice. And, and I was getting bogged down with it. It's getting really boring. I was going, oh, so it's just page after page of this text of stuff. And then I realized what was in that text, that amazing story of Jesus coming to earth. And I stopped looking at all the formatting bits and the bits I had to move and moving the text left and right or whatever. And I started reading and thinking, wow, this really is dynamite. But I've just been sitting, looking at this and moving around for the last couple of hours without really thinking about it. I've just, just been treating it. And often we like that when we were the Christmas readings. We hear them being read and we think, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's familiar. But are we aware how revolutionary it is? God sent his son to become one of us, to become the saviour of the world. Revolutionary stuff this is. And how often do we miss it? Just let it flow over us without thinking. Mary here, her words here remind us how revolutionary God is, how he turns things upside down. Look at verses 51 to 53. This is really turning things on their head. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. This is revolutionary stuff, isn't it? It goes against all of the world's values, causes us to think again. It turns our thinking upside down. Look at it. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. A moral revolution going on here. Christianity is the death of pride. We cannot save ourselves. Nothing that we can do can make us right in the eyes of God. The Bible teaches us that we're all born sinners and naturally do wrong. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we just have to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. We are saved by grace alone, not by anything we can do. So we can't boast. We can't have pride. That can't exist. It's the opposite of what the world often teaches us. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. That moral revolution of how things fit together. It's a social revolution. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. What a great leveller that is. Brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. The world's labels and prestige count for nothing in the kingdom of God. Everybody is on the same level, bringing down the mighty, raising up the lowly. Uh, When I was at school, I had a, a Latin teacher uh, who used to, I didn't know who's quoting the Bible, but he used to quote the Bible and say, he used to say to us, I, like God, am no respecter of persons. And I always wondered what it meant, really. Uh, but apparently it comes from Acts 10, 34, uh, where it says that God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter of your status, whether you're a king, uh, whether you're a vicar, uh, whether you're what, you're what society calls a nobody. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter with God. We're all on the same level. This is a social revolution in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter 
where you are. We're all the same. A moral revolution, social revolution, and there's more, 53. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. How about that for an economic revolution here? The world around us seeks wealth, material goods, stuff, more stuff to have as the adverts, Christmas adverts tell us we have. But you know what? That counts for nothing in God's kingdom. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. A Christian society is different, isn't it? William Barclay wrote these words, the Christian society is a society where no one dares to have too much while others have too little, where everyone must get only to give away. Revolutionary stuff here. It's upside down thinking. Jesus turns things inside out and upside down as Mary shows us here in this amazing hymn of praise. Inside out, upside down, but there's more, because it's back to front too. I remember as a child, uh, learning to write with a fountain pen. Do you remember that? And they used to give you some blotting paper, and you could write your name, and then you put the blotting paper on it. And then it was all really interesting, because it was all back to front on blotting paper. I remember discovering, if you hold up the blotting paper to the mirror, it's all back the right way around again. I think, I used to think that was uh, very, very clever. Everything back to front. And here we see a bit of back to front thinking. Uh, Mary is using what's happened in the past to guide her for the future. She's taking what's behind and putting it into front, making it back to front. She's thinking through what God has done in the past to give her confidence as she looks to a rather for her scary and uncertain future, caught up in the middle of all of this. Look at verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. Here we see Mary putting her trust in the Lord. She speaks here of the Abrahamic covenant. And to believe in this covenant means that she's got faith. She trusts that God will keep his promises. She looks at what's behind. She knows that God has been faithful in the past. We've already seen she knows her Bible. She knows the history of how God has helped the people of Israel through the generations, through the earth, and promised our Messiah. She's seen that, and she's using that now as she looks to the future, knowing that she can trust in God. God's character is consistent. He is faithful, and we can trust in him. And she knows this by looking behind, by looking at what has happened, by looking at the history, seeing how faithful God is. That means she can now look ahead with confidence. We're coming to the end of what has been another turbulent year, hasn't it, in our world, with all sorts of things going on. It's been stressful and uh, confusing at times. But we can trust God for what is to come we look back God has been faithful to us as a church and as our individuals and in a world that is full of change and uncertainty God is faithful and unchanging so that's this amazing revolution today inside out upside down back to front why not read this passage again this week 
and use it to aid your prayers as you think through what Mary went through, how she poured out this. Use these words, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. The mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. That's the God that we're here to worship today. That's the God that we place our trust in. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Mary. We thank you that she was willing to say yes for you. And we thank you for her amazing declaration of heartfelt praise here. We pray that you will help us to come and worship you with grateful hearts for all that you have done for us. We thank you for sending Jesus to be our saviour, as Mary declared here. Help us to live out the values of your kingdom in this world, to challenge the values of the world around us. May we be inspired and trust in your faithfulness in the past so that we may look to the future and being able to trust fully in you with confidence and with hope. And this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Saviour. Amen.